Thank you for allowing us to practice on you this morning. And we, we, uh, we, we just, I'm so excited about this message. We've been talking about unmeasured bounty, unmeasured bounty, overflowing blessings. And we started out with uh, countless children, and we talked about the life and the faith of Abraham and how that God blessed him. And, uh, and then we talked about last Sunday, overflowing cup. And of course, Psalms chapter 23, verse 5. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. My, thou anointest my head with all what? My cup runneth over. How long has it been since our cups have run over? Very, very important. And then today, peace that passes understanding. Peace that passes understanding. Someone wrote this. I'm profoundly amazed with the unlimited resources of the God of the Bible. He makes an ocean. When he makes it, he makes it so deep that no man can phantom in. He makes a mountain. He makes it so large no one can measure or no one can weigh it. He makes a flower. He scatters those multiplied millions of flowers where no one can admire them except himself. He makes grace, quote, makes grace. He makes it without sides, without a bottom, and he leaves the top off of it. He pours salvation forth like a river. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, powerful verses. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard or garrison your hearts and minds. Through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever the things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And then verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this sermon. We thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, for the scripture, for what we're able to read and learn and glean. Speak it to our hearts as well as to our ears. In Christ's name we pray, amen. If you need an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand. We want everyone to have an outline of the sermon. Please get one. Listen to this. There is some of the most powerful scriptures in this outline that I have ever read on one subject. I would encourage you this week. I know you're busy, but I would encourage you this week to take this down an hour or two, go through it, read these scriptures, and study. If you have 
any kind of commentary, if you have any, any kind of study Bible, then I would encourage you to study these because they are absolutely powerful. Read the introduction with me. The peace that passes understanding is a strong, resolute faith and confidence that no matter what circumstances you encounter, God is faithful. God is good and God will keep you. God will provide for you and God will bless you. Again, no matter what circumstances you face. It's a faith that looks past circumstances to God who works all things for your good and my good and for his glory. As we look into God's word, we discover God's peace in a chaotic world. Don't you want to have that peace? Don't you want to have that peace when trouble comes? When storms come, when, when, when tragedy knocks at the door, listen, we all go through those times. When the doctor looks at you and tells you, hey, you, you, you have a certain disease, and you don't want to hear that. You want to have that kind of peace. God's word has the answer. It is a simplistic reading of the word of God, and he certainly gives us that Answer. Roman numeral number one, look at God's peace. God's peace is different from the world's peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. He gives us peace beyond anything that we can find in this world and in this worldly system. God's peace. Peace with God. Now, Follow me because there's a difference in the peace with God and the peace of God. Notice as we read this first sentence, peace with God is a result of faith, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace, what? With God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then I wanted to read the second verse, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We stand in this faith and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So every one of us can have the peace with God. The peace of God and the presence of the God of peace will come when the believer practices right thinking, when the believer practices right praying, and when the believer is living right. It is very important that we follow these things. Worry is tension between the mind and the heart. Now follow me because it's important. If you want to walk out of here and go out into a world that is chaotic, you can't hardly cut your television on and not see all that's happening. You can't hardly go out in public and not see all that's happening. You can't hear the world talk and not know that something bad is going on. People don't want to talk about things that's good. It's important that we understand 
these things. Worry is tension between the mind and heart. The peace of God will garrison, guard our hearts and minds if we but meet the conditions he gives. Now, the peace with God comes in our relationship with God, in knowing God. That's the peace with God. When you and I, as an unbeliever, as a sinner, when we come to Jesus Christ, we confess our sins, we accept him as our personal Savior, then we have peace with God. That's like a rock. That is solid. And there's nothing that can take that away. No matter what happens, we have peace with God. Did he just move? That scared me. I'm telling you, to have a line in front of him and him start moving. We have peace with God. That's salvation. That's when, that's when we believe God and we're born again. And every believer has peace with God. God, he gives that true peace. Now, uh, there is a strong, look at Roman numeral number two. There is a strong correlation between our choices and our peace or the lack thereof. You don't have to work with the peace with God. But you want to certainly be obedient to the word, be obedient to God to have the peace of God. That's sort of like an ocean. The peace with God is like a solid rock. The peace of God is when we receive salvation. The peace with God. The peace of God is when we're being sanctified. It's when God is working with. That's like an ocean because there are times that the ocean is calm. And then there are times the waves beat against the shore and beat against the rocks. That's the peace of God. And there are times we don't have peace, but there are things that we can do in order for us to have that peace. Now, first of all, there must be the right praying versus uh, six and seven again. Look at it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So first of all, there is the right kind of praying. Right praying begins with adoration. We practice this on, on Friday night when we come to pray for the hour here at the church on Friday night. But we should practice it every time we pray. Prayer, listen to this, in verse 6 is taken from the Greek word, or the Greek word means adoration. It, it, it means our in interacting with God, a strong desire expressed toward God, but not a strong desire that God would grant us something. Listen to me. When we come to pray, 
If we're not careful, it's always, God, give me, God, give me. The first thing we should do when we come to pray is to start adoring the Lord, praising Him, giving Him adoration, and loving Him. And that's what that word means. I never knew that until I started studying this. It's taken from the Greek word adoration. But a strong desire expressed toward God himself. It carries the idea of an adoration. It carries the idea of admiration. It carries the idea of worship. So anytime we begin to pray... Understand that what he's saying, if we want the peace of God, begin that prayer with adoring the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Don, you're asking me to praise God when I've heard some sad, bad news? You're asking, you're asking me to praise God among all of this? I'm telling you, God can give you the strength and the power. Right praying begins with adoration. For that word in verse 6 means, uh, means adoration. This is love, enjoying the very presence of God and worshiping him. Next comes supplication. Next comes, which means the earnest, sincere desire of the heart. Every true prayer, doesn't matter what kind of prayer it is, if it's a true prayer, it must come from the heart, an intense and extended prayer. That's what that word supplication means. We need to pray and then bring forth this supplication. You know, when you are an intercessor, you put your, if you're interceding for someone, you put yourself in that person's place. If they're suffering, you, you try to move into that area where they're suffering. Amen? And you want to, to ask God to move in their behalf. And then there is thanksgiving. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Giving thanks part of the time for all things. Did I read it right? No. Listen. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, being thankful, not thankful for that sickness, not thankful for that tragedy, but thankful in spite of it, having peace beyond yourself, having a supernatural peace, having a peace that actually and really and truly comes from God. Listen at Paul's writing to the church at Colossae chapter 3. And let the peace of God rule your hearts to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spirited songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or do deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving what? Thanks to God the Father through him. So we're to pray. We are to have supplication. 
And then there is to be thanksgiving. It takes faith, and I admit it. When the doctor comes to you and gives you a, a sad, sad report, and you're, you're just almost stunned, it takes faith to believe God. But I'm here to testify to the fact that God can give you peace in the midst of the storm. He can give, the, give you peace in the midst of, of words that's not pleasing. He can give you peace when you've been abused. He can give you peace when there is the storm. So there must be the right praying. You want peace? Pray. You want to stop worrying? Start praying. You start praying, you can stop worrying. I'm talking about praying. And I've just gone through that word prayer. Then there must be the right Thinking. Look at verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever it goes through all of these things, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, think or meditate on these things. It's kind of hard to do that when you're watching a terrible TV program or listen to some songs we shouldn't listen to or have a conversation we shouldn't. You know, or go on the internet and start looking at things we shouldn't look at. God wants us to think on things that are pure and holy and right. And God will give us the strength and the power to do that. What we put into our minds determines what comes out in our actions. What we put into our minds comes out. So, so peace involves the mind. Listen to Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose what? Mind is on the Lord periodically. Is that right? No. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The reason we don't, how many of us think of the Lord often? We think of him on Sunday morning. How many hours of that preacher say was in a week? 160 some? 168 hours in a week. You know how many hours we give the Lord? Many of us? On Sunday morning. God, I'm going to give you two hours on Sunday morning. The rest, the 160, what do you do with the rest of the 166 hours God gives you a week? 166 hours. But Brother Don, I'm busy. But Brother Don, I have to make a living. I have to take care of the family. I got to watch after the kids. I got to do this. I got to do that. Listen, we need to keep our minds on Jesus Christ. And if we just give him two hours a, a, a week and to give the other 166 hours to the flesh and, and, and to whatever we're doing, we're not going to have much peace. It's true. We need to keep our minds stayed on the Lord. Romans 8, 6 says this, for to be carnally minded is said, death. To be carnally minded, that's the things of the world. That's the things of the flesh. To be carnally minded is this, but to be spiritually minded is life and, talk to me, peace. Life and peace. 
So it's important. What we think about thoughts are powerful. The writer of, he, a writer of Proverbs says this, For as he thinks in his heart, as a man thinks, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You can try to be something else if you want to, but if we allow all these thoughts to crowd out everything else, then we're going to be just like that. And we're not going to have peace. Whoa! It's important. Eat and drink, he says to you, but this heart is not with you, when his heart is not with you. It is important what we think. Thoughts are powerful. Wrong thoughts will lead to unrest, discouragement, but spiritual thoughts will lead to peace. That's what Paul says here. In our thinking, how we think. So it's important how we pray. It's important how we think. And that we think, and you heard what, I, what Paul wrote here. I read all of those things. Whatsoever things are these. But I want you to know that if you look over at Psalm chapter 19, verses 7 through 9, you, 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 you'll find that almost the same virtues are mentioned. And it comes from God's word. So what he's saying is keep your mind on the word of God. Read God's word. Meditate upon God's word. Walk in God's word. Psalms 19. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. <coughs> Making wise is simple. Verse 8. The statutes or the commandments of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is what? Pure. Enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is what? Clean. Thank you. We give you an A for effort. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring. Enduring. Forever. Hallelujah. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous together. Isn't that powerful? I could read that over and over and over and over again. God's word is so powerful. So when God says you should think on these things, you get these things from his divine word. And if there's Bible, I mean, if there's dust on your Bible, you're not reading your Bible. Mom and Dave used to sing a song, dust on the Bible, dust on the Holy Word. And a lot of people, they have dust on the Bible. They don't read the Bible. With some, it, it, there, there needs to be the right praying. There needs to be the right thinking. Psalms 119 verse 165 says, listen to this one. This one will get you. This one will jump out at you. Great peace have those who love your Law. Not just read it, but love it. Enjoy it. Great peace have those who love your law, and, a, and nothing causes them to stumble. Can I park right there? Can we bask in that verse? I mean, it's just powerful. That's the reason I was telling you, you read these scriptures. And, and, and listen, they, they stick with you. You need to get them in your mind. Get them in your heart. 
and have the Spirit of God to speak them to you. And there's not enough devils in hell to ruffle you. There's not enough devils to cause you to go away from God. You stay true to God and your peace woo, is wonderful. It's wonderful. I don't know when I've seen people work as hard as the people preparing for this VBS. I came in here yesterday. I had to do a lot of study, and I came in, and, and, and I just walked around and looked at all that they had done, and I know. Somebody, can you imagine doing all of this and then go through the fellowship hall, go out in the hall? Can you imagine what it took to do all of this? I would have been dragging. About 6 o'clock, I was in my office studying, and there was a group of those workers right there close to the office door gathered around, and they started laughing. And they laughed, and they laughed until they barely laughed. I mean, they were laughing. You can't go on vacation and laugh like that most of the time. You come back, give out. You can't go to the, to the mountains or to the beach and laugh like that. I'm telling you, it means something to get into God's Word and work for the Lord. You may be tired physically, but you can rejoice. You'll feel like running through a troop and leaping over a wall. God gives you a peace. Hallelujah. So there must be the right praying. You want peace? The right praying. There must be the right thinking. And then number three, the right living. You got to put it into action. All this stuff is no good unless we're doers of the word. Don't just listen. Don't just listen to the sermon. Be obedient to the sermon. Right living. Right living. Well, let's, let's read verse 9 over here. Let's read verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Don't just, just don't sing about it. Don't talk about it. Don't preach about it. Don't teach it. Just, just teach about it. Do those things. Right living always brings peace. Isaiah 32, 17. The work of righteousness will be what? Say it good and loud. Let me read it again. The work of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Somebody tell me, isn't that powerful? I don't know if you love the word of God. or I don't know if you know how powerful. This is God's spoken word. This is God speaking to a congregation today and telling all of us how to have peace in a chaotic world. Whether we're in school or on a job or a home, you want your home to have peace? Take this and go over it and live it. You want to have peace in, at work when things are in turmoil? Take this, read it, sit down and read it. It won't take you long. It won't take you long. It is not enough to use the Bible. Well, let me read some more in Isaiah before I quit. Verse, 48, verse 18 to 48. Oh, that you had heeded my command. This is my, one of my favorite verses. Watch it. 
all that you had heeded my commandments, then your then your peace would have been like a river. How long has it been since your peace has flowed like a river? How long has it been? God wants us to have peace. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Wow. Wow. 48.22. For those who want peace, that's living a wicked life, look at what 48.22. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. But you live right, you do right, you spit right, you walk before the Lord in obedience, and you have peace. God will give you peace. Jesus was crucified. His disciples had followed him for three and a half years. Come and play peace, peace. They'd followed him for three and a half years. And then they watched him as he was arrested there in the garden. They ran away. Some of them, John at least, stood by him when he was crucified. They watched him be crucified. They watched as they took him down from the cross and embalmed him, prepared him for burial, laid him in a tomb and rolled a stone over. They walked with their heads down. They were dejected. Everything that they had invested in for all of those years was now buried, confined in a tomb. They were afraid. Who wouldn't be afraid? The natural, the carnal man would be deathly afraid. Because you would think that they would come after them. You would think, hey, we're next. If he killed, if they killed him, what are they going to do to us? That's the reason Peter so vehemently denied him and cursed because he was afraid. I didn't even, I didn't know the man. I didn't know him. So they gathered in an upper room and they bolted and locked that door and they stayed in there. Trembling, afraid, frightened, fear, no peace. The one thing that they did not have was peace. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jesus came into the room. Locked door it all. He didn't berate them. He didn't say, why did you run off and leave me? He didn't say, why you weak disciples, I really thought that you were going to be faithful. Now here you are, even denied me. He didn't say any of that. He didn't frown on them, criticize them. He walked into that room and he said, peace. Be still. 
You may be hid behind closed doors this morning. You may have been abused and you just said, I'm not going to trust anybody else. So I'll go behind this door and I'll bolt it shut. Maybe at one time you had a ministry of visiting, loving, caring. Maybe even the ministry of hospitality or whatever it was. But today you've gone behind that closed, bolted, locked door and there you live in fear. Oh, you have the peace with God. You know you're going to heaven. You hope it'll soon come because you, you're just miserable. There may be times when the old sun peeks out from behind the clouds once in a while, but most of the time it's overcast in your life. And there you sit, there you stand, there you live behind that closed door, afraid. That song that you sung, the fear. No longer fear. I'm here to tell you that's a true, true statement. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be afraid. You know, Peter was behind that closed door. And then he heard Jesus say, peace be still. And then he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then he preached the thousands and he lived a powerful life. Wrote First and Second Peter. And when it came time to crucify him, he's facing the thing that he was so afraid of in that locked door room. When it came time to crucify him, he said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. Crucify me. Crucify me upside down. How could he go from in a locked room, in a concealed place and trembling. How could he go from that to such a challenge to tell him, hey, don't crucify me like you did my Lord, my Savior, crucify me upside down. How do you go from all of that to this? When they're rolling you down the corner of the hospital and all you can see are the lights As they go by, all you can see. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost begins to move upon you. And you begin to speak in tongues. And there's something that happens to you that no natural thing can bring forth. There's a peace in your heart and in your life that nothing can take away. Brother Don, you believe that? I've been there. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Don't argue with me. It's real. Peace. Brother Man, you guys. Wonderful peace. Coming down. Coming down from the Father.
Sweep over. Sweep over. My spirit. Forever, Lord, I pray. In fatimless. I feel like someone here, several, have been battling the spirit of fear. Have been battling anxiety. Been in turmoil. Maybe even in your home. Maybe even in your home. My mother was a great believer in God. My mother was a great believer in God. When us, when us three kids were small, I'm talking about very small. Mom would always take us to church. We didn't get in at 9, 8, 9 o'clock. We didn't get in at 10 o'clock. We got in at 11 and 12 and 1 o'clock every night. And there were times we would come home and for one, two solid hours up until the morning, we'd hear cursing. When I, when I say cursing, back then we called it cussing. We heard cursing for two solid hours. We couldn't go to sleep. There were times we'd come home and the gun was out pointed at us. But I'm here to tell you that my mother, she faced all of that. And she'd take our three kids by the hand. We lived six and seven miles from the church. And she'd start out walking to church because the car was made disabled. She had a peace in the midst of the storm. I, I don't know your, your home life. I don't know your work. I don't know you physically where you are. But I'm here to tell you something. God's peace is real. And it can be there when everything else turns against you. When everything else fails. When the world laughs and sneers and makes fun. You can have a peace. Sing it, guys. Peace. Peace. That's so pretty. That is so pretty. Listen, I want you to take, when you go back to your seat, I want you to take this. If you have your Bible with you, fold it, put it in your Bible. But however you can take it, I want you to take it with you to home. And I want, during some time this week, if you will, I want to challenge you. Know God's word. Read it. Understand God's word and let this word speak to your house and what it will do. Listen to this. It will crowd out unrest. It will crowd out anxiety. It will remove fear. And you're like, I know it works. I know it works. It's God's word. Not what Pastor Don is saying. It's God's word. Pray with me. Bow your heads and pray with me. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am so thankful for this word. 
God, I am so thankful for speaking to our hearts. And Lord, as we bow our heads, as we stand before you, as we sit before you, as we open our hearts to you today, God, I pray that you might move in every heart and every life. Father, I come against every spirit that would try to bring fear into lives. And Lord, replace that fear with faith. I pray against anxiety. I pray, dear God, against the enemy that would cause that this hole to have unrest. I pray for harmony and peace in the home. I pray for peace and harmony in the home. Accept it right now. Believe it right now. You pray it. You believe it. You stand on God's word. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray against the unrest. Dear God, for the children and the grandchildren, I pray, God, that peace would come in the name of Jesus and break down those walls of division and give harmony and peace and consolation. God, give it. Give it. Give it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray it, we believe it, and we pray for it in Jesus, Jesus' holy name.